If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hi, I'm Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, and you're listening to IGN's Podcast Unlocked, which my interns tell me is a pretty good show. Podcast Unlocked. What is happening, everybody? It's Podcast Unlocked Early Bonus Edition. I guess it's not a bonus because we're not doing an extra episode. It's just early edition. Early Early Bird Gets the Gamescom Edition. Uh, This is episode 206 for August 4th, 2015. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. To my immediate left, you know her, you love her, Elena Yee. Welcome back to the show. It's good to have you. Uh, and it's a fitting week because we've got some tech stuff to talk about mm-hmm. between uh, some a couple of the Xbox Gamescom announcements. Windows 10, of course, hit last week. We said we were going to talk about it this week, but I think we'll just push that off till next week. We'll not only get some more time with Windows, I got my upgrade finally thanks to your handy article, which explained how to just skip, that skip line. the line and w- w- stop waiting for Microsoft to tell you it's time and just go get it. I did that. It worked flawlessly. Because Gamescom, I mean, we knew Microsoft was going to have a presence there. Uh, they'd said they were going to be showing sort of their big three that missed E3, that they intentionally skipped E3, and that's Quantum Break, Scalebound, and Crackdown. And we saw all of those and a bunch more. So there is uh, a They've very a very long show planner to yeah. get to today. Lots of stuff on the Full agenda. three pages. So uh, I wanted to start, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk more Windows 10 specifically next week. Perhaps you'll be available to come back, mm-hmm. talk some more Windows 10 uh, next week. Uh, short version for me, I've, it's super snappy and minimalist, and those are like two of the key things I look for in any OS on any, de- on any device I'm on. So uh, I'm pretty happy with it so far. I know you were saying you were digging it as well. Yeah, um, it's a little interesting, though, because I, I would have to agree with some people out there who have said that Windows 8 is actually better if you're using a touch interface, and I, I hmm. do kind of agree with that some. So for now, I've actually kept 8.1 on my Surface Pro, but I upgraded one of my desktop systems to Windows 10, and I actually really like it so far. Nice. I didn't know if I would. So before we get into all of the Gamescom news analysis, there is a lot. I thought we would take the opportunity to, even though none of the crew is here. So uh, Marty is working a graveyard shift tonight because 
the the EA press conference is at 1 a.m. Pacific time, 4 a.m. Eastern. So odds are none of us are going to see it. None of you guys are probably going to see it. But Marty's going to be up as uh, part of a, a team to help cover that. So no Marty today. He is hopefully resting right now because he's gonna he's gonna need all his energy tonight. And then uh, Destin is at Gamescom in Germany. Yep. So it'd be great to hear from him next week when he's back from his firsthand accounts of all this really cool Xbox stuff. And uh, Mitch is doing his Dota thing yep. up in Seattle at the, the Invitational. International, I think. The interna- I'm sorry. You are correct. The International. What's the Invitational? Is that a golf thing? It sounds like <laughs> it would be. And then uh, Finnegan is over there, was over in Germany as well. Yep. And who am I leaving out? Jared Mitch is Martin. busy with Yeah, it's it's that things. kind of day. But I'm glad to have you because of course if you're this is your first time seeing Elaine on the show, you go way back with stop it. <laughs> you go way back with me to the official Xbox magazine days. Yeah. So plenty of plenty of Xbox street cred on on both sides of the table here. You became particularly after I left, oh, yes. you became the uh, the resident sort of uh, Death, honorable death samurai when it came to reviewing Connect games. You would just take take that sword and go. I think of it more as that, that really cool guy who would just like in Vietnam would just like drive up and throw themselves on the bomb. Right, just yeah. save the save the crew. Just save the rest of the crew. <laughs> I will save my comrades. In any case, uh, yeah, we'll have a lot to say. So let's get to it. We'll talk. Or no, I'm sorry, the predictions. I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I said three things. Everybody said three things. I said Rare will, I predicted Rare will announce a new Battletoads. That didn't quite happen. Mm, not quite. But there is a Battletoad in Killer Instinct Season 2 starting now. So I, I, think I, get, I think I get half a point for that. Judges? I'm the only judge here. So sure, why not? All right. Half a point. So half for that. I don't know if Marty would agree, but (laughs) (laughs) resident crackdown hater Marty Sleva. I also said crackdown gameplay will be shown, and uh, I specifically said it will be announced as having a simultaneous ship PC version, and the co-op will have Windows 10, Xbox One crossplay. They didn't go that far. They didn't go that far, but we certainly did get crackdown gameplay and plenty of it. I'm gonna give myself a point on that one. Eh? Sure. All right. Permissive. <laughs> I like you're a great judge. And then I said Quantum Break will be given a release date, and I went so far out as to even make a specific prediction of February 9th, 2016. I was off by two months. Turns out it's April 5th. I think that's a half a half point. Half a point. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, I agree with that. So glad to finally have a, there, there's a lot to talk about with Quantum Break because it's changed a lot. Yes. Uh, in good ways since we last saw it. Okay, so then we move to Marty's predictions. Inside and Below will be on stage and given release dates. Sadly, neither of those things happened, which is really unfortunate. I don't know. Below has been... I feel like I've been seeing that game since the console was announced, since the first E3, since E3 2013. Yeah, they've... Wasn't it in the scissor reel? I believe it was. Yeah. And then Inside, which I've, of course, talked about many times on this show... I'm so excited for that game. It's you know it's the follow up to Limbo from Play Dead, and oh, that game has been teased so right. long. You know the official so bad. the official reveal was E3 last year, and we haven't seen or heard anything 
No, so it's zero. And, and even that reveal was super light on details. Well, but it, it did it did show about, I don't know, a minute or two of gameplay. And that's because at first it's like, is this Limbo 2? It's very much in the style, the feel of Limbo, but it's a different game. But we, yeah, we don't know what it's about. We don't know how much, how puzzly it is. But that first trailer was enough to just be like, oh, want it looks it. so good, I want it. Now. We still haven't seen anything, uh, which not only am I disappointed that it wasn't shown at Gamescom, but the disappointment compounds for me because if it wasn't shown at Gamescom, to me that says there's no way it's out this year, right? Would, would you agree with that? I would think so. I mean, this fall is already pretty packed. Yeah. It, it would seem really weird, especially for something that became such a marquee title, um, to just kind of do a stealth launch for a played-in right. title. Doesn't I make sense at all. completely agree. So it looks like 2016 for Inside. Um, and then, all right, Marty also said... See, he's been on this. He's been on this horse. He's Rise of the Tomb Raider will be delayed to early 2016. Did not happen. They they said uh, November 13th on the briefing, which got a lot of people in a tizzy on my Twitter feed. Like, oh, they they moved it a few days out of uh, Fallout 4's way. No, they didn't. It's still the same date. Games come out on Fridays in Europe, so it's it's still the 10th here, 13th in Europe. They set a European date because they were at a European trade show. Hmm. So I think Marty definitely gets zero points <laughs> for that one. Are you just sticking it to Marty just because you can? I would. I wish you were here so I could do it to his face. Oh, okay. I see how it is between you two. <laughs> I love Marty. And he also predicted that Scalebound will have some big MMO slash Dark Souls-ish multiplayer. Well, they did tease that thing at the end of the trailer about co-op, about there being... Some extra people like uh, with their dragons in the world. I'm going to give him a half a point on that one. Oh, sounds fair. All right. So, ugh, all right. I've got two points, Marty with a half. Let's see how Mitch did. Ooh. Cross buy for all Xbox One and Windows, 10's ga- Windows 10 games. Sadly, no. Nothing S- announced. Still hope this comes true. <laughs> Viva Pinata is Rare's new game that that, that would be the, quote, beloved strategy IP that Phil mentioned a while back would be coming back. Turns out that game was Halo Wars 2. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a stretch to call Viva a strategy game. Well, I mean... Sort of it. I mean, uh, kind of. <laughs> you had the same reaction I did. All right, sorry, Mitch, but I do still hope Viva Pinata comes back at some point. And Mitch also predicted a major Windows 10 exclusive to show that Microsoft gives a damn about PC gaming. Everything's cross-platform that they're no, that they're showing right now. They're PC still and pushing Xbox One. All right. At the front. Mitch with the donut zero. We didn't do so well overall. <laughs> which these things never we never hit, spoiler alert we never do well with these predictions, but they are fun to make. So uh, any points are good points then. There you go. That's the the final tally on that, uh, and that's good. So let's move along to what actually happened at Gamescom with the uh, full Xbox Gamescom report. Be right back. IGN's number one Xbox podcast, the podcast on love presents the news on All right, news unlocked. So much happening, Ms. Elena Yee. So much I hope you were. I hope you were paying attention. <laughs> Seriously, so I didn't start checking our blog roll until yeah. about 8 a.m. Pacific, and there was already so much yeah. 
by that point. Yeah, Microsoft put on a hell of a show. 90 minutes, I really thought they gave a fantastic briefing. I thought they had a great E3 that was just just no – it was very lean. There was just no fat in that E3 briefing. And I feel the same about this Gamescom briefing. They just – you know, not everything was a AAA, you know, jaw-dropping mega thing. There was, you know – there was an idea at Xbox section, which was, which just sort of went, oh well, this PC game that's already out is coming, and this one, but there were good games. So I was like, oh cool, those are coming to Xbox One. That's great. But I just thought there were there was nothing in this conference that I went, that's dumb or uh, whatever. I will say that they are being really good about honing what they're telling people. The right? message. There's no there's no more of this kind of waffling about. It's just. Here you go. Here's what you can expect. It's a much more confident Xbox mm-hmm. now under Phil Spencer. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. It reminds me much more of what it was like during the 360 days. Yeah, totally agree. So let's start with the big one, and that is Halo Wars 2. This is a game that uh, I have lobbied for on this very program, uh, longed for, thought it would never happen. And here it is, and I'm thrilled about it because... You know, part of it is that the original developer, Ensemble, you'll remember back from our OXM days, the, the de- Microsoft shut Ensemble down before Halo, like they said, we're going to close you as soon as this game is done, which that's, not that's really no way to work. <laughs> that's no way to work. But to, to the credit of those industry veterans, they held their heads high and they, they put everything they had and they made a fantastic I still feel it's the best console real-time strategy game. In fact, Brian Albert and I are uh, are one of our other big Halo fans, and he loves Halo Wars just like I do. We just this morning we decided, well, let's go back and play. Let's do a let's play. Let's go back and play Halo Wars one again now that two is real to either remind people like our because I hadn't played it in five years, or if you if there are people out there that haven't ever played it or seen the game, show them what it's all about. So. We've got a pretty long... We did a whole mission. One of the, the game's got like 13 missions or something. We did an entire mission. Uh, so check that out on IGN. If you just Google like IGN Halo Wars, prob- that will probably find it rather easily. But anyway, Ensemble's gone, so who's going to make this? Creative Assembly. What do we know them from? Total War series, right? Total War series. They've got themselves a nice strategy pedigree. Most recently... Alien Isolation, which of course uh, the completely different, the, the little different, about. and uh, you know, most people love reminding me uh, that I'm that they feel I'm super wrong about that game, and it's and that game's actually really great, but uh, which is good. So then it makes you're going to be extra excited about Halo Wars too. Uh, but yeah, so Creative Assembly, I really feel like given their strategy background and the fact that you know. Blizzard is owned by, well, actually, they're not owned by any, but they own Activision. Like, Blizzard does their own thing. Like, who could you get? Like, you know, who's not owned by someone else that you could even sign? Who's independent? You could say, let's make a deal and make a Halo Wars game. Mm. I think Creative Assembly is the best the best pick out there. I think this is a fantastic pick. Game's going to be out holiday of next year, holiday 2016. And... As expected, this is not only going to be out on Xbox One, but Windows 10 as well. Just kind of a no-brainer for a strategy game, right? Yes. Do they also, I refresh my memory, did they say anything about cross-play between the two platforms? They didn't say it at this announcement, but I would be shocked if it did not have that. 
right? Yeah. You, you, it's for whether it be for co-op or co- for the competitive play that I expect it will have because the the first one had. The first one didn't have a Covenant campaign or and the Flood weren't playable at all. You could play the Covenant in multiplayer, but there was no Covenant campaign, and then the Flood were just an enemy that you couldn't play in any mode. So I'm really hoping that Halo Wars 2 addresses all of that and has, if not a Flood campaign, at least a full Covenant single-player campaign. Kind of, you know, the StarCraft model really fits with Halo Wars when you've got the three main races in, well... I was going to say there's kind of four now with the with the Prometheans in Halo, yeah. but this they Bonnie Ross, who the head of three four three, when she revealed the game on stage, she did specifically say that it sort of continues the story of Halo Wars, which means it's set back further. So before we get to the Prometheans, which came around oh. for Halo Four, so I don't expect we'll see any of that. But um, I'm really excited about this. You got to figure the PC version will obviously be tuned for keyboard and mouse. Right. But uh, you were pointing out to me before we went on the air that Phil has said that keyboard and mouse support should be coming to Xbox One as well. And I actually been wondering if this is actually maybe a hint at when we can expect it. It would mean it would be better, obviously, for right. people who want that for it to come sooner. But I'm wondering if this is kind of hinting at when we can expect that to actually drop. That's a good point. That because. Because this would be the best type of game. The to, best vehicle yeah. to, yeah, to make that a, a big deal, right? Yeah, I mean, this is a type of game that's always been designed for that kind of interface. Yeah. But I will say, part of the reason that makes Halo Wars 1 great is a number of strategy games came to 360 at that time. There was like Supreme Commander, there was Lord of the Rings, Battle for Middle-Earth 2, there was a uh, Command & Conquer game. Halo Wars had by far the best gamepad controls like the game was really super playable it wasn't it wasn't like a uh what's the word i'm looking for just a you know making the best of a bad situation like it, they were legitimately good controls in halo wars so i really hope creative assembly doesn't screw with the controls at all on the gamepad side just leave leave them how they are they're excellent but uh yeah this is going to be good holiday 2016 we'll talk more about what that probably means for the entire portfolio, for the entire Xbox lineup later. Uh, oh, so I should maybe save my question for you for later then? If it's about release date. No. No. It's not. It's actually, I'm wondering, do you think this also means we're going to see the original Halo Wars come to Xbox One as a backwards compatible title, or do you think we'll actually see a remaster? I don't think we're going to get a remaster. Okay. Uh, but I, yeah, and it, Phil has gone on record. In fact, he told me at E3 they're aiming for... of first-party games to be backwards compatible. Because, of course, third parties have to sign off. You know, they fill... Microsoft can't just make every... That's right. They released a list today. Right. The third parties have to say, okay, I'm willing to make my game backwards compatible. But Phil has said he wants to do every first-party game. It would be... I would be shocked if Halo Wars 1 wasn't backwards compatible in the nearest future. And I'm sure when that time comes, it'll be a games with gold as well. Yeah, so, that would be smart. Look out for uh, Halo Wars 2. I'm so happy that's coming. <laughs> Makes me so happy. Mirror's Edge, Halo Wars. Dreams come true. Dreams do come true, kids. <laughs> Christmas is actually real. <laughs> now if I could just will a new MVP baseball into existence for that's Xbox. A bit more that's a bit of a tougher package. challenge, I know. <laughs> All right. 
Scalebound. It is our IGN first game for August. We'll be covering it all month long. Jose Otero, uh, Zach Ryan from our video team, and Lucy O'Brien from our from our IGN Australia team all went over to Platinum Games in Japan to cover the heck out of it, and we've got stuff rolling out all month. Our first thing is today, as we record this, and it is an eight-minute, actually it's closer to eight-and-a-half-minute extended gameplay demo from the shorter thing that they showed on the briefing. So I very much encourage you... Uh, whether you've seen the Scalebound video on the, during the Xbox briefing or not, come check out ours. It shows a whole lot more. It goes on for much longer. And, yeah, nobody really knew what Scalebound was because all we had was that trail, that CG trailer from E3 of last year to announce it. It was like a dude with Beats headphones with a dragon. Like, that's weird. And it, But it's a platinum game, so you think, well, it's probably going to be fast action. And it... Uh, as if you watch the video, our extended video, you'll see it's it's kind of an action. It's like got action RPG elements to it. Hmm. So a little a little bit different, seemingly, than what what uh, Platinum has done up to date, which is traditionally just pure hardcore fast action games. This has some other little wrinkles and uh, you know and layers to it, and I think that looks really cool. So. Uh, I think epic is probably the, <laughs> the the number one buzzword that would come to mind when I'm seeing that game because it's a big, big world, big Dragons. giant dragon with you. It's It's got an epic vibe going on for it. For a second, I was like, do you mean epic game? Yeah. <laughs> I was a little confused really for a second. I think it is Unreal Engine, though. I'm not, I'm not 100% on that. Yeah, I, just I to... actually don't recall. <laughs> All right. Crack Dune 3. It's like, just destroy all the things. Destroy all the things. Well put. <laughs> that should actually be the tagline. I think you just you I'm just wrote switch, it for the marketing I'm just team. I'm going to switch over to their marketing team now. You might as well. I'm going to do all the copywriting. Yeah, Crackdown 3, we expected to see it, and we did. We got a first gameplay look at what Crackdown is. Well, first of all, it's Crackdown 3. It had been announced at E3 last year, just Crackdown. So we thought, oh, it's a reboot of... Because it definitely evoked the first game and mm. not definitely not the second game that had all the zombies in it. Uh, but no, they are going ahead and continuing it as the, the series. It is Crackdown 3, which I really like because it says, uh, you know, we're not disregarding what happened before. We're building off of what we've already done game... You know, we're not rethinking it with... a you know, a new cool protagonist who spouts catchphrases or any other thing. Like they're saying, no, it's what you loved about the first game and maybe some people the second. We are continuing that. We are building off of that. So I liked, I really liked what they showed of Crackdown 3. Um, yeah, t- the destruction. How, that was nuts, right? Yeah. How, how what, like the whole, the whole city is just completely destructible. Yeah. Who will be the first person to destroy the entire thing? I don't know. Do you think there's going to be like a speedrun version of that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you'll have to get powerful enough, and then you'll probably have to get enough players. We see uh, during one of the videos in the sort of the video montage of it, it's sort of a whole presentation. We see at one point eight players on screen. So we know it's at least an eight-player game, if not more. There's no reason why it can't be, honestly. Right, they sh- and everybody had the the same icon above their head, which leads me to believe that there's maybe 
Maybe another, maybe it's a 16 player game in some modes of eight versus eight yeah. adversarial, which uh, would be really cool. The beta is going to be in summer of 2016, which is, I think, is a brilliant strategy because, yeah, you want to get a beta, you want to test all this cloud stuff. Because that's, that's actually a big part of this. That when they announced it, they sort of, it was a sort of a cinematic announce of, how theoretically the cloud computing stuff will work of, you know, four players all working together and then the cloud, like, lets you destroy the whole building. We actually got to see it in action in this gameplay demo. And, you know, the, the cloud stuff, the power of the cloud has been uh, really, it's, it's been a running joke for a lot of the, you know, commenters on the internet of, of oh, the cloud is what's, that's what's going to save the Xbox One. And we've seen cloud stuff in like the drive avatars and the Forza games. Right. But this is, I think, the first game where we're really seeing the cloud make a just a fundamental difference in what's possible right, because, on the screen. Because you're offloading a lot of that compute power exactly. onto the servers. Exactly right. And so it does lead me to believe what if you don't connect to Xbox Live? Do the buildings become not destructible anymore? Possibly. Or maybe there's, they just scale it down. Possibly, also a possibility, but uh, puff of dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are magically teleported to another land, but without crumbling. But um, yeah, I just I, I think it's going to be it's it's cool to see these technologies actually working. And you notice that Microsoft didn't they didn't make a big deal. They weren't like through the only exclusively through the power of the Microsoft Cloud trademark. You know, they're just kind of like well. Yep, it uses cloud tech to destroy the crap out of the city, and here's why it makes the game fun. They've, to your point earlier, they kept the messaging about the games and why it makes the games better. And not even just that, but the what I like, what I've liked about the E3 conference and just what's come out of Gamescom is that they talk about what the benefit is to the user. Right? They don't yeah. talk about, as you said, it's not about the marketing speak. It's not about how, how excited they are for these things. They basically translate it to, here's how it's going to make your life awesome. Yeah, yeah totally agree. Um, I like that it very much, it, the original trailer did this too, but now that we're seeing real gameplay, it very much evokes the first game. Uh, the sort of that, that nighttime, neo-Tokyo, kind of little comic book. You can see a little bit of a, the the black outline around all the characters. Um, just the whole vibe of the game feels very much like Crackdown 1. You see agility orbs everywhere to collect, so that's that's one of the best parts of the first game was just powering up in all the different categories. Uh, there's just, man, er, yeah, there's so much to like in that Crackdown bit uh, that uh, including, at the very end of the trailer, most people probably didn't even stop to look at it, but it shows, you know, it's just there's that splash screen at the end that says, you know, Crackdown 3, and then it's got the developers at the bottom. Mm-hmm. One of the developers listed is Sumo Digital, who is a studio based out of the UK known for doing racing games. Oh, I missed that. They did OutRun. They did uh, the really good Sonic All-Stars Transformed, whatever the heck its actual name is, racing game with Sega. They d- they've very recently they did the the racing elements of Disney Infinity 3.0, uh, and they have a lot. They just they go way back with with making racing games, and so it, I would 
suspect from this is just my own speculation, but it seems like Sumo has been brought in to make sure that the driving mechanics in Crackdown 3 are as good as they can be. And that's awesome because those guys know what they're doing when it comes to driving games. Is that how you're going to spend your time? Not destroying things, but just driving? I don't know. That's Or are you going to destroy things first and then just try to like pop wheelies off of it? I love driving in open world games, but in Crackdown, they made the move, you know, when you powered up with enough agility orbs, they made the movement fun enough, the traversal fun enough that I didn't want to drive, that I just wanted to hop around and just make super jumps from building to building. So I, yeah, I can't answer that question yet. It will remain Fair. to be seen. Well, but you, you, you can let me know next summer. I guess, yeah. You can do <laughs> cool stuff in the cars in the in the original game because if you level up your driving ability by driving and uh, I think collecting orbs as well, you'd, the, what happens is you'd get in a car and then that car will morph to either level two or level three depending on your driving ability. So you can, you can get in a car and it'll just instantly turn into this supercar if you've leveled up enough. So... They do have a good incentive for driving. The question is uh, if they'll convince me enough to use it instead of just super banning my way from rooftop to rooftop. Fair. Quantum Break being the third of the biggies. Yeah. This game's been laying low for a while. Long while. Remedy, we knew this, that these guys are expert game designers. Uh, Max Payne 1, Max Payne 2, Alan Wake. They're, they're great. They make great games. Not just good games. They make great games, but they take, they're a smallish team relative to modern team sizes, and they take their sweet time to make stuff. They craft it. They cra- <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> See, your future is in marketing. Why? <laughs> and so uh, I really, I, as I, I predicted last week, that it's time to get a release date for this game. We got one. It's April 5th, 2016, which is still, that's eight months from now. That is not a short amount of time. But I wonder if some of that is just related to the fact that it is still going to be this transmedia sort of experience. So that it sounds Possible. like production-wise, that's, you have to line up a lot more things for that to work. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, that's a great point. It, there, the TV, so... The, that's a perfect segue to the TV show stuff, which was announced in the beginning, and then they kind of stopped talking about it. Which made me wonder for a little bit if they actually had axed that part. Right, because as you noted before we got on the air, Microsoft had this big TV push. They were going to do Xbox TV, a bunch of shows, a whole you know Netflix-type service. And then before it could even get off the ground... Gone. gone. <laughs> so you want, no, it's a, it was a fair point. Like, oh, has that part been taken out of Quantum Break as well? They had said it would go like you'd play an epi- a, a chunk of the game, and then based on your actions, you'd get a certain episode of the, the TV, and then it would go back into game, and it would sort of alternate game, TV, game, TV. And then after it went away for a while, but so I don't know if that's still how it works, but we definitely know that the TV episode stuff is in there. And it's all on the disc or, you know, it's all in the original release of the game. It's not like, it's not literally an episodic thing or a thing you go online. It's all there. But uh, yeah, they've, they've recast the entire, the three main protagonists in the game. So it's, uh, I don't have their names in front of me, which is totally professional, I know. But I it's... not called me either. Sorry. The main character is now uh, Sean Ashmore, who is best known as uh, the Iceman 
in uh, the X-Men movies. You've got Littlefinger is the bad guy from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the third, it, the third. oh, it's uh, Dominic Monaghan. Uh, was, it, was he Merry or Pippin? I can never keep Merry or Pippin straight I... from Lord of the Rings. I confess I have the same issue. He's the he's the good guy's brother. So he's uh, Sean Ash. So th- they've you know they had unknown just unknown people uh, playing the role and now they've completely recast and reshot it all uh, and presumably shot all the TV stuff which we got to see a little bit of in the in the video with these actors and it looks great. I mean they look like they're going to do a great job. All three of those actors are good actors. And uh, what this says to me is, I wonder, number one, I wonder if they weren't talking about the TV stuff for a while because they were scrapping a bunch of stuff and recasting. Uh, that makes sense. But um, my other point about this is I feel like, like, why would Microsoft, why would you do this? Why would you recast the roles with some more well-known actors? And to me, what I what I think is happening here is that Microsoft doesn't want an Alan Wake situation, which Alan Wake was a great game, reviewed well, people loved it, and it sold decently, but it didn't quite have that blockbuster, didn't quite reach the blockbuster status. And I think Microsoft is keen to try and avoid that with the with this Remedy game to have to have it happen again. So I think what happened is Microsoft said this game is playing really well, it's coming together great guys. Let's and they I think they decided to try and get it that extra notice and try and sort of take it to the next level by saying, okay, we're going to put more money into this game and recast it. Let's get some bigger names, some familiar faces. That's what I think is happening with Quantum Break. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, if you, just from the few people that I know where I'll ask them how they feel about Alan Wake, the, the consensus generally is, oh, yeah, that was good. But like that's it. That's exactly where it stops. Right. It's not something that they enthusiastically go out to other people and say, "You have to play this. You have to try this." It's so different and weird. Yeah. The uh, I did a rewind theater on on all that footage with uh, with Brendan Graber from our team. We just tore the heck out of it. There's the storytelling mechanic. Looks like it's going to be really interesting. It's sort of you'll walk into a room and then there's all these little fragments of time that sort of play out in front of you. I. I we saw a lot of game of Quantum Break at Gamescom last year, and it looked really good. I think now it looks great. Like I think it's gone. You can see in the gameplay portion of the demo, you can see a lot more polish on it, which of course a year will do that. Uh, and then the TV show stuff is looking great too with these new actors. And the fact that there's still eight months to go tells. Hopefully, they're just spending that time polishing the crap out of this game and making it just absolutely. Super slick, and I, I think Quantum Break went on went back on a lot of people's radars today. After after it probably fell off a lot of people's radars for a while. Well, nobody really knew what was happening with it. Right, so. exactly right. So, April fifth, twenty sixteen, for Quantum Break. Homefront: The Revolution. Speaking of games that went away for a while. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if you remember what happened with this game. It uh, it was announced at E3 last year, and then shortly thereafter, it was being developed by Crytek. They had bought the rights to it in the THQ fire sale when right. THQ went out of business. 
so in, you know, the, the original developer was Chaos Studios. They were based in Manhattan. They unfortunately closed. THQ itself shut down. It was purchased at auction by Crytek, who owned the, the IP, owned everything. And they started work on Homefront 2, which is called Homefront the Revolution. And uh, they were going, and they showed it off. I got to see it at the Judges Week before E3 last year. And it was, it was set in Philadelphia. It was kind of an open world thing. Uh, powered by, of course, Crytek technology. And uh, it, it looked really good. Like, it looked really cool. With There were a lot of the, the sort of vehicle stuff that had been a big part of the multiplayer of the first game. Like, there was a little drone car you could steer around, like, with a bomb attached to it and take guys out or, uh, or what have you. And then, it, and then Crytek, because this game can't seem to catch a break... Crytek had major financial problems. Mm. They a lot of employees quit because the allegedly people weren't paid for weeks right. or months. They now the good news is Crytek seems to have stabilized, but uh, Deep Silver, who was going to be publishing Homefront, swooped in during that time uh, and basically took most of the development team, which by the way goes all the way back. They were formerly the Free Radical guys, the Time Splitters guys. Oh, wow. So there's, this thread on this this goes so you far need back. A chart yeah, on there's. This. I know it does. It needs a it needs a a whole like infographic. Uh, so Deep Silver, a lot of those guys left because they weren't getting paid. Allegedly, they cried. Uh, Deep Silver, the publisher, took them all, basically, and just opened a new studio with mostly the same people. And picked up work on, and Deep Silver bought the entire game. Sort of a, you know, Crytek moment of weakness. Deep Silver came in and said, "Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna buy this, and we're gonna keep going on. This is gonna be ours now, not your thing that we're publishing or licensing." So Deep Silver grabbed it. They compl- they completely own it now, uh, and it's a it's a new studio, but presumably mostly the same people out of the UK. And here we are a year later at Gamescom, and Homefront the Revolution is back. And it looks like it's still set in Philadelphia. It's still kind of open world. And it very much looks like it's still the same, continuing the same ideas that I saw, which looked like really good ideas. So I'm very happy that this game is coming back. Uh, we didn't get much else other than that. This was kind of, it's just re-announce. You know, it's re-coming out party, as it were. Coming out again. <laughs> Are you excited for it? I am. Like I said, I, I liked it. Um, it yeah, an, an open world narrative-based shooter is something I don't think we get a ton of. Open world games tend to not focus as much on the narrative. So if the story here is good about, you know, Korea occupying the United States and, uh, you know, this you're this part of this rebel faction that's trying to take back Philadelphia, that could be really, really good. Well, we're only what halfway home. <laughs> I think something. <laughs> if that. Let's to get to the stuff where I'm like, I have all this information I want to share with everybody. All right, let's see here. Okay, so I have a confession to make. Do it. I own two Xbox Ones. Um, That's not a bad thing. No, it's not. But after seeing the, I'm kind of preempting you here but after yeah. seeing the uh, special edition uh halo 5 one that's gonna come out i want to buy another one <laughs> you're ready you're ready for the new one it's nice isn't it it's the so ha- pretty the halo 5 console special edition console which we knew was coming 
Josh Holmes, the studio head on Halo 5 at 343, accidentally tweeted it out like a month or two ago. Accidentally? Well, I mean, he tweeted and he wasn't supposed to. Oh. I'm sure he did it on purpose, but didn't realize he wasn't supposed to do that. So I, I actually thought this wouldn't get announced this early. I thought they would wait till closer to the game's release no, to put this out there. The hype now. Well, because with consoles, generally it's if someone's got money in hand and they're ready to they're getting ready to buy, you don't want to give them any excuse to wait. You want you want their money now so that they don't maybe change their mind That's later. True. It's true, but I was talking to my normal co-op partner, um, and he already he wanted to place a pre-order for just the controller, the mm-hmm. special edition controller that's coming out, and he was saying it's already sold, like pre-orders are sold out wow. on both, I think, on Microsoft's site and on Amazon. That is and impressive. That was, that was maybe at 10 a.m. Pacific like, today. And two, two hours later, <laughs> like an hour and a half later? Yeah, maybe like at 10 or 11 a.m. Pacific today. That's... Well, I guess Microsoft knows what they're doing. Funny that. A big, giant corporation full of smart people knows what it's doing better than I do. I'm stunned by this. But yeah, uh, I'm really happy that, like you, the, the console is nice. It's sort of a white, silverish, sort of opaque, but not, um, but without a lot of like big, giant lettering or markings on it. It's very minimalist. Which I that's I love that that's the kind of design style that I tend to like in my stuff. The controller too. So you, you just it's <laughs> that mm, that that chromed out that blue chrome D pad. Nice. It's a nice. <laughs> I don't know. I have the uh, Call of Duty <laughs> limited edition one, which I think is hideous. It, it's it could use more color. Shall didn't we say? You, didn't you rip that one apart? I'm Isn't that in like 17 pieces on your desk right now? I'm not going to verify or deny <laughs> what I may do to my things when I own them. <laughs> but it's 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 in one piece now. <laughs> Scotch taped together. I've seen no, that it's, thing. It's not, well, that was because I didn't want the ribbon to tear. It's fine. Oh, man. Fine yeah, I think ribbon. this Halo 5 one is exponentially nicer than the uh, that Call of Duty monstrosity. Yeah. And it is, so it's a one terabyte, just like the Call of Duty one was, and it'll cost 500 bucks. So that'll, you'll get the game, the one terabyte uh, machine, and of course the, the Halo 5, that sweet controller as well. So, and it's also out, it's out on October 20th, a week before the game is. So get your system, and then you'll be, you'll, you'll be ready for uh, the game's release. Do all your updates. We did also get a new arena map called Coliseum, which we saw a bunch of pros play each other on in CTF. Just feels so good to see Capture the Flag in Halo 5. That was actually our first time seeing CTF. We've seen Warzone and then, of course, arena multiplayer in the beta with a couple of modes and there's Breakout, but we haven't seen CTF yet. So that's just CTF in Halo is like the instant cure for any bad day. If your day is going remotely poorly... Unless you're losing. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Real talk here. (laughs) You start out happy. Put it that way. And then maybe over the course of the match, things don't quite go your way. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's it's tough for me to tell. I I can't really pass any judgment on this new Coliseum map right now uh, until I actually play it. Because... Watching a bunch of pros play it expertly is very different than how it'll play when I play it with my friends. 
It's just, you know, those guys are on a whole ethereal plane of existence. More things happen in the span of 30 seconds oh, yes. than, than, than in three yeah. minutes with me and my friends. But, it lo- I mean, it looked like a solid map. I didn't look at it and go, oh, that looks like a horrible map to play on. It looked look fine, looked fun. I'll be curious to uh, to try it out. It's not too far away. Uh, what are we? We're into August, so two and a half or so months. Oh my gosh! Until Fall's Halo Five. Ready. Fall is coming on us. Review season is coming upon us. Winter is coming. <laughs> that is correct. Fall is coming. <laughs> uh, speaking of tech, Elena, chat pad for Xbox One announced. Yeah. This was a popular accessory on the 360 that had been strangely MIA in the first couple of years of the Xbox One platform. Well, I think that was largely because of how they originally positioned the console, which was, hey, we have the second screen experience that you can use, and you can use the virtual keyboard on your smartphone or tablet. Right. Um, and then everyone protested myself among <laughs> them. And then they added in USB keyboard support, which had been weirdly absent originally from the Xbox One. And so then I guess they felt between those two things, they didn't really need a chat pad. I don't know. Turns out you do because, yeah, like nothing beats physical buttons of trying to hammer out a message to one of your buddies. So, Although I will say, I don't know if I would get one because no? at this point I have a wireless USB keyboard that works with mm. it. So... Kind of the same Strong thing call. Without the like tiny, you know, key thing. Yeah, I guess the difference is, you know, you've got to kind of have a spot for that keyboard, even though it's wireless. Whereas the chat pad is just part of your controller, so it's there is a convenience factor there. Uh, it's thirty five bucks. You can pre order it now. Ooh, that much. Thirty. Yeah, thirty five doesn't didn't strike me as egregious. I was okay. I'm okay with thirty five. I don't know. You can get a wired keyboard for much cheaper. I know. And even like the K. 400 that the Logitech one that's really popular the wireless you can get that for like 20 bucks sometimes on sale all right I am the resident all right all right hunter. sorry well no that's good that's a good thing so but no because you bring up a good point like if people are interested in the chat pad maybe think about you can grab a wireless USB keyboard right now for less money and it get the job done the same way. The, but the, I also thought about Cortana. You know, we're going to get the UI revision. Yeah, I was surprised you didn't put it on the list here. In Xbox yeah, One. Windows 10, uh, like, so the Windows 10 kernel. It's not really a kernel, but that's kind of what they're calling it. Right. The uh, update is coming in November. They finally announced the date for it. Well, not a, did they say a specific date? Yeah, and I, I missed it? I thought I saw it uh, on the Xbox Wire that it was supposed to be November. That the Windows 10 update is coming. Well, but the, was there a specific day that I just totally Not missed? Not a date, but just okay. a month. So before, November. All right. before they hadn't actually even given a month. They just right, said it right. was coming. Yeah. Uh, so that's when this Cortana stuff will be coming. Yeah. And I was looking at it, and I don't know if I really want to be saying, hey, Cortana, all the time. Well, and that, but if it works well, it might sort of negate the need for a chat pad. No, but, that's true. But that, of course, is if you have Connect, Connect, which at this point, you got to figure only the early adopters have the connect because they couldn't buy the console otherwise most of the consoles now I, I would if i were to guess at how many what percentage of consoles are now are being sold without connect I w- i'll bet you it's 90 percent of them i'll bet only like 10 percent of xbox one sales are connect bundles i know someone who actually bought one the one in ten. Yeah. <laughs> when I asked when I asked him what bundle he got, he said he got the Connect one. I was really surprised. It's a useful. It's great for the UI and the for it's, UI you know, it do, it's useless tough. for games. There are no games, but yes, it is a handy thing to have. It will be interesting to see if Connect remains 
to be super uh, continues to be super useful on the new dash. It seems like with Cortana it will be because you're going to be able to use Cortana to do a lot of different things very quickly with your voice that even Connect couldn't do. So I hope so. I mean, I don't know how f- fully Windows 10 it really is, right? Right. So you don't know how much functionality we're going to actually get in that new quote unquote kernel. Yeah. Well, as soon as we get it in, we'll be obviously we'll be testing it with and without Connect. Right. So it'll be good to put through its paces. We're getting close. I can Almost see there. I can see the finish line Almost in sight. There. Uh, just a couple more little stories to cover, and then uh, and then I want to get to one couple of big ones at the end. So more games for ID at Xbox, which I alluded to earlier. They, uh, Chris Charla, the head of the ID at Xbox initiative, went over uh, City Skylines, which is a sort of SimCity-type game that's already out for PC. It's a good game. It's a good game. It's coming to Xbox One. Uh, we Happy Few, which had a very creepy trailer in a good way, is almost this, like, Bioshock meets the Joker, like, sort of oh, first-person, strange, yeah, kind of hard element in the trailer. That looked cool. Train Simulator 2015, which I know a lot of people really super like, and the one that that hit me right in the right in the heart, just tugging my heartstrings. Ron Gilbert, an industry oh. legend, the the original creator of Monkey Island, he kickstarted a game a while ago called Thimbleweed Park, which is an intentionally old school ad- adventure point and click adventure game basically set in the Maniac Mansion era as far as the technology. It has nothing to do with Maniac Mansion, but it's like a, you know, 16-color EGA, you know, very intentionally old-looking game, a point-and-click adventure game. So that's going to be coming to Xbox One, as well as, of course, PC. So that that made me super happy. I, I don't know. I'll probably... I'll just play it wherever I can get it first in that case because it's a Ron Gilbert game. If I end up able to grab it off PC, I'll grab it there. But nevertheless, happy to see that it's coming. More adventure games on Xbox One. You know, Sony very awesomely uh, threw some support and they helped publish, you know, the Grim Fandango Remastered for PS4 and Vita. And they're doing, also with Double Fine with Tim Schafer, they're doing Day of the Tentacle Special Edition. So I'm really glad to see Microsoft getting in on the old school point and click adventure action too. And Broken Age is on PS4 as well. It's not on Xbox One. So all three of those Tim Schafer games, uh, glad to see glad to see Microsoft signing up Ron Gilbert here. And then uh, Battletoads are coming to Killer Instinct starting today. You can play as a Battletoad in Killer Instinct. And Season 3 of Killer Instinct, the popular kind of... It's a little bit of an under-the-radar series at this point. Like, it's really the... The hardcore guys that play it love it, but you don't hear it talked about a lot. No. It just it's out there and it's it's ongoing. So season three is gonna be starting in March of next year. Uh so look for more killer instinct. As Dan Stapleton duly pointed out on Twitter today, the Battletoads are in every game now except the new Battletoads game. <laughs> <laughs> they've they've cameoed in a few different games now. Uh I I think they are I think Microsoft's building the sort of brand awareness for Battletoads back up with Rare Replay and uh and and Which Killer Instinct. Day. Yeah, and right that's we'll get to that in a second. And Killer Instinct season, uh, season 2 uh, out now and um what's the other game the, that I'm super forgetting? 
the one that they just showed up in. They cameoed. Oh, uh, I haven't had lunch yet. Not su- My brain's not No, working. not super time force, right? No, it was, uh, eh, can't remember. Anyway, they've been in a few games. I think that this is these are all just sowing the seeds for a a new proper Battletoads game coming from Rare. And then Marty will just flip this table. Oh, it'll be, he'll knock the camera over. <laughs> he'll light the room on fire. We'll have to, I mean, it'll be a whole thing. So, uh we need we need Destin to to analyze this from the Killer Instinct perspective, and we need Marty to analyze it from the Battletoads perspective. So maybe we'll get their takes their takes on it next, next week. week. And then Bungie has recast the role of Ghost in Destiny. I missed this. a year later. I missed this. This is super point. weird. So whether I don't know if it's if Peter Dinklage. Because, of course, okay, before Destiny came out, everybody flipped out because they thought Peter Dinklage was terrible as a ghost. And they thought it was very, very, um, you know, just monotone, very un- sort of unemotional. A lot of people were upset about about uh, Lord Tyrion's performance in Destiny. And then the game came out and no one seemed to care anymore. But Bungie is having, uh, they cast Nolan North, veteran video game actor. He's in almost every game. He, if he's if he's not in the game, odds are Troy Baker is, and vice versa. About, I was just about to say that. <laughs> so they got Nolan North to be the voice of Ghost for the Taken King expansion, which is out next month. And then they went ahead and went, well, let's just redo everything so that it's Nolan North all the time. If you, you, know, if you're, if you buy the game new and start at level one, so Peter Dinklage is going to be gone from Destiny entirely. Wiped. Pretend like it never happened. And Nolan North is taking over as as the ghost, which is just an what a strange story. How often does someone get replaced a year into a That would be like I don't even know what that well, would Well, I mean, TV series do this all the time where like an actor or actress has to be replaced. Like the but, Charlie Sheen But they can't like situation. go back and, re- <laughs> and, re- and redo all the old episodes. Like, that. So this is like, unique to video games. It's, yeah, it's like two and a half men. It's like Ashton Kutcher going back and refilming seasons one through seven Crazy. of two and a half men and just wiping Charlie Sheen's performance from existence on that show. Wow. Yeah, no, you can't do that. So this is definitely unique to this medium. <laughs> So if you're a Destiny player, and as I know many of you are, look for Nolan North to be taken over and see if you complain about him too. I don't know. Or if he does a better job. <sighs> you, run, you you hanging in there? Yeah. You doing all right? Last, last thing, we're, I think. We're almost there. Yeah. And this, is, this one's my jam right here. I'm all about the uh, hardware today. DVR. Uh, subscription-free DVR service is coming to Xbox One next year. Our friend, friend of the show, Mikey Barra, one of the platform leads at, uh, at Microsoft on the Xbox team, got up on stage at Gamescom and sort of walked through. You can record series. You can do... You have all this DVR functionality at your fingertips, and it works for over-the-air shows. I have an over-the-air antenna. I'm a cord cutter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I want to watch our, a network show... Yep. I this can do it really easily for yeah. me, which I love, love, love this. This is fantastic. Yeah, so I mean there's obviously some caveats with that where you do have to have the Xbox One TV tuner or the compatible Hopage one that they were um, You do? I can't yeah. just use the tuner I already have? 
Um, well, you probably have an over-the-air antenna, right? right? Um, you cannot plug that t- that antenna directly into your Xbox One. You have to basically get. Um, I, it is. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you have to it's buy plugged it. into my TV. Oh, you're right. Okay, I see what right. you're saying so now. So for it to go into the Xbox One, you actually have to use a USB TV tuner, which basically, right. you know, encodes or decodes. I don't know actually the proper technology behind mm-hmm. it. Uh, they take the, it takes that signal so that the Xbox One can you know process it, right. display it on your screen. So you do need that. That's a sixty dollar accessory if you buy the official Xbox One branded one. Okay. If you buy the Hopage one, that one's I think actually eighty. <laughs> so there's no reason why you wouldn't buy the Xbox One version because it's supposed to be the same thing, just right. branded for Xbox mm-hmm. One. Um, so you need that. Um, and the DVR function only works for over the air TV. That's all they've announced for now. I can't imagine that they would ever do cable, though, because cable is usually encrypted, and they probably have probably explicit deals with cable companies not to do that. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. I would think that would run into all sorts of red tape with the Comcasts mm-hmm. and the Time Warners and yeah. the DirecTVs exactly. and the, you know, whoever's of the world. Yeah. And but then... The, oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, um, this is just so awesome because you, Mike showed off, you know, you can just go to record series, just boom, right in your guide, and then it's mm-hmm. going to take that over-the-air show and... I, I guess my only question is, what are the hard drive requirements for this going to be? So the way it works, I actually had reached out to PR right oh, good. before we went on air, and I actually got the reply. So thanks for that. Dropping some hot new info. Yeah, it was great. So I actually had been curious about not just the size requirement, because they had actually said on Xbox Wire that it's unlimited. So you basically have as much recording time as the size of the hard drive you plug in, right? So if you put in huh. a smaller drive, it's and it's external only. So if you plug in an external hard drive that is smaller, you obviously have less recording time. If you plug in a huge, beefy, like, four terabyte drive, then you're going to have more space for recording. Um, I did get clarification on whether or not you need separate drives between, like, your game saves and ga- your game, like, the actual games versus the recordings, and you do. Because, oh, because which makes sense because that's how a DVR sense. works, right? Right, but I wasn't sure if I mean, like on PC. I mean, you can have you can be doing you can be doing both. You can be playing and watching things off of a hard drive that's also being recorded to at the same time. Right. But I wasn't sure for this specifically if that was separate, so. And it is. So you're telling me? So I need a I need a sixty dollar in order to use the DVR functionality. I need a sixty dollar. And I'm not saying this to complain. I'm just trying to understand. Right, right. So we need a $60 Xbox TV tuner. Mm -hmm. And then I do need to buy a dedicated external USB hard drive. Correct. Or you can use one that you already own. Right. Right. Just any, yeah, I just need to have a dedicated. I can't use my 500 gig or one terabyte. I can't use my internal Xbox One hard drive. We got to have a dedicated external drive for this. Correct. Okay. That's how it was stated All right. to me. I mean, it, again, it makes sense because that's how DVRs work for if you're, you're with a cable or satellite company. You know, they're they're dedicated, big, fat, you know, 500 gig to one or two terabyte drives. So, right. Um, all right. Well, the good news is those continue to get cheaper. I mean, they do. The two terabyte. Uh, gosh, I can't even remember which brand I have now, but the one I bought, which I bought purely off the recommendation of E, of Eric Neustetter from Xbox Live, it's it's already gone down $10 since I bought. I paid $100 for it on Amazon, and now it's down to 90 So, yeah, so it's, you know, you're probably looking at... And, and I bought 
I got a, a USB, a bus powered one, so that I wouldn't have another thing to have to plug into the wall. Right. So I guess minimum, what are we probably looking at for like a maybe like a if you just wanted to say a one terabyte dedicated uh, DVR drive for your Xbox that you're willing to plug into a wall. So, you know, a, a, oh. an AC powered one terabyte drive is probably only what, 50, 60 bucks? I don't know if they even make powered, like AC powered one terabyte drives anymore. Oh, really? Is yeah, we, We've I moved think, past that? I think it's like all like two and above. Okay. I wouldn't quote me on that. Where, did, where did they start out at then? Maybe 70, 80 bucks? I would say you can get like a one terabyte, like portable size, like the two yeah. and a half inch size hard drive for like maybe like 70. Okay. Um, but the thing is, is though that if I recall right, this feature isn't coming until next year. Correct. 2016. So yeah. that means that you could buy your hard drive during Black Friday sales. Strong call. And then that way you're ready to go when it's time. And you don't That's have to a great worry idea. about, you know, pricing as much yeah sort of split the pain up maybe maybe bit. you get your tuner later when the dvr functionality comes out if you're yeah right it's a good but hard idea drive prices usually always come down so you of course it's not a bad thing to just wait as well but sometimes you can get really good deals during black friday so if you're in the market for it i would keep an eye out for it i also like that uh all shows recorded on the Xbox One can be streamed to any Windows 10 device. Mm-hmm. So that's cool if you're if you've got stuff on your drive, but maybe maybe someone else in your house is using the television that the Xbox One is hooked up to. If you've got a Surface tablet or you're over on your computer, your Windows 10 computer, you can stream your show over to those things right. and, and watch over there. And it's not even limited just to Surface tablets. I mean, it's any any Windows, Windows 10, 10 thing. Tablet, so yeah. it could be made by ASUS or somebody else right. as well. Um, one thing I wanted to also add, because mm-hmm. I also asked for clarification for this as well, is that you're supposed to be able to control this through, like, Smart Glass, but it said specifically in the language Smart Glass for iOS and Android. So I reached out to PR and yeah. asked if that included Smart Glass for Windows 8, and they said we had nothing else to announce at this time. So I think it's Sounds strange. like a no. So it could be a no, or it could be, like, it's coming. But I, if they don't, I would think that's really weird to exclude, you know that particular class or if that's their way of trying to force people to go well, to Windows 10. But the thing is, yeah, they have been really pushing Windows 10 yeah, everything, so... That's kind of annoying. Eh, if, I don't disagree. If it's annoying, if, if, sorry, if it's a no, it, that is kind of annoying. Yeah. All right. Well, man, that was... I think we all learned a lot. <laughs> I, I did. I learned a lot in that segment. I was not aware of the dedicated uh, external drive thing, so... That was my first question when I saw it. Great stuff. But I'm excited. I, I've never really had cable my whole life. So this is th- yet another way I can avoid having to get it. Having to pay. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Almost All right, there. now. Almost there, Ryan. Home stretch. The last big topic I wanted to talk about. And that's, okay, so what now? We've had, I'm going to be like the typical gamer who... I'm skipping ahead past all the imminent cool stuff like Forza 6, <laughs> Halo 5, and Tomb Raider. But, you know, Gamescom was mostly about 2016. Yeah, they hit Tomb Raider, they hit Halo, uh, they hit Forza, but, you know, the focus was sort of... E3 was about 2015. Gamescom kind of finished the 2015 story and gave us a big look at 2016. And so I wanted to point out like I think we have a pretty good picture 
of what the first party lineup looks like yeah. for for Microsoft across yeah on uh, for 2016 and this is an insane lineup this is in, this is a fantastic lineup tell me you cannot possibly say that an Xbox One would not be a good console to have after after this so listen to this so there's some speculation on my part in here as well but you've got Below, mm-hmm. which we mentioned earlier in the show, is a fantastic-looking indie game. I think may- maybe we see that in January, since it's been allegedly almost done for a long time. We've, we've seen it many times. Mm. We could see that drop in January. The aforementioned Inside, which, again, I'm so thrilled about. What if that's also a Q1 thing? What if that's February? That would be amazing. Killer Instinct Season 3 is definitely March. They said that. Quantum Break is definitely April 5th. ReCore, which was only mentioned, you know, it was unveiled at E3. We didn't see anything else about it at Gamescom other than at the end when Phil Spencer was vaguely going over their 2016 lineup. He mentioned it. He said, you know, 2016, this, 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 ReCore. So, uh, which of course is the uh, Inafune game. Right. From along with the uh, armature, the X retro guys, so that's one to pay attention to. So they had said spring 2016 when they announced their D3. So what if that's May? Cuphead sounds like what if that's summer? You know, the, the summer spotlight, yeah, is the sort of the new Xbox Live Arcade, the Xbox Live Arcade light, as mm-hmm. I would probably refer to it as. What if Cuphead is the highlight for the summer? Next year, Cuphead could be a great summer game if it's really not coming. I mean, we know it's not coming out till 2016. That's a long time to wait, though. It's a long time to wait. We'll see. I, want I mean, it now. Ma- who knows? Maybe flip Cuphead and Inside. Maybe Inside would be next summer, and Cuphead would be for I'm Q1. Okay with either of those. Uh, either way. Then, so that's the summer, and then now September is typically the time when we get our Forza game. We alternate. Horizon Motorsport, Horizon Motorsport, and they have traditionally, they've recent years been September games. But uh, there's so much that we've that they've seemingly slotted for the fourth quarter hmm. that it almost feels like too much, and and so something's got to give. So I'm wondering, could now, of course, I'm assuming that Forza Horizon Three is a thing because of their pattern. I hope Forza Horizon 3 is real because Horizon 2 is amazing. It's one of the best driving games I've ever played in my life. What if maybe uh, Playground is able to get it done a tad early and ship that bad boy in August, leaving Scalebound potentially for September because they did say fall of 2016 for that. Mm-hmm. Crackdown 3 could be October because that's probably going to be a, a fall game. Yeah. Unless, because they did say, remember they said the uh, multiplayer begins summer. Right. So it's possible the full game wouldn't come out till spring 2017, but... That's a long time, That's a long time. So I'm thinking Crackdown is a fall game. So what if Crackdown 3 is in October? Halo Wars 2 has been confirmed as fall 2016. That could be an October game. And then that moves us to November, Sea of Thieves, which, because Phil said 2016, you know, he was part of the 2016 bit at the end that he did, Sea of the, which was the uh, 
freaking amazing looking rare pirate game, open world pirate game, mass, you know, pseudo massively multiplayer pirate game. You know, could that be November? And then the one that's probably close to definite without actually having a real date. We know Gears of War 4 is holiday 2016. That's probably the that's the big gun, right? That's the right. November, that's the premier slot game. Yeah. So look at that. I just listed almost a, well, I guess when you average it out, it's a game a month, right? One, two, three, four, five, almost. six, seven, eight, honestly, nine, ten. That was 12 games. I wonder if, I mean, I that don't was know 12 how games. done it is, but honestly, I wonder if we would see something like Sea of Thieves even earlier in the year. God, I hope so. Like that, summer. That would be amazing. Like a summer title, right? Because it so, wouldn't get so drowned by all the fall releases. I completely agree with you because, the, you know, I've made the argument on this show many times of launching a new IP in the holiday is generally a really terrible idea. So I hope you're right. But just given the fact that it was just announced at E3. Right, but we don't know how long they've been working on it. We don't, but... The I'm fact, just crossing my fingers I know, I believe me, no, I, I'm hearing your argument and, it's, and I'm, I'm hoping you're correct. But, but look at that. I mean... No, that's quite a lineup. I mean, let's put it this way. Between Sony's lineup and Microsoft's lineup, gamers are going to have a very good 2016. And that's a great point. 2016, so this year, I think, I don't think there's any dispute. Microsoft, the Xbox One has the best first-party lineup for this year. You know, Sony, by their own admission, their stuff is further out. You know, they had Bloodborne, which was a huge hit great game at the beginning of the year they haven't really had and won't really have anything else first party exclusive wise for the rest of the year um so yeah i mean th- this is a great year for for xbox but yeah you're right i mean if you haven't picked up either next gen con- either new gen console yet boy 2016 is the year to do it if you haven't haven't gotten around Even to it yet if you if you pick up the xbox one uh, yeah, I mean, both consoles next year are crazy. I mean, we're finally coming into that nice sort of like sweet spot territory for the console life, right? Where It's have- the 2007 of this generation. 2007 on the 360 gave us Halo 3. It gave us Rock Band, Mass, Mass Effect. Effect 1. Uh, it gave us Bioshock. It gave us, wait, let's see, Dead Rising. Yeah, wait, yes. No, Dead Rising was 2006. Uh, just, yeah, 2007, point being, was that sort of first year where everything, like, it was huge. Like, the so many great Everyone kind of hit things. their stride. Yes. Um, by that point, a lot of people had let go of the previous generation. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of seeing that, honestly, already, that 360 isn't really getting a lot of new games coming to it. Oh, it's done. Yeah. 360's over. But I mean, even though they, but they said technically that the lifespan would be another three years after Xbox One's launch. Well, I don't think yeah, really they're supporting that. it, but they're not, you know, but, <laughs> not really adding to the to no, the resume at all. But that's, but that's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> so developers are pretty much at this point have kind of switched over yeah. projects. They started when the, before launch of the X, of, of the th- sorry guys <laughs> before the launch of Xbox One um, probably are now coming to fruition. Yeah. Other developers are finally getting like their brains wrapped around that hardware. Mm-hmm. So only good times ahead, I think. Yeah. I mean, what a year. I mean, 20, 20, 2015, Xbox has an excellent year this year, but good God. Yeah, we just listed a dozen, you know, good for one a month, 12 
Microsoft console exclusives, big you know, and big deal things. So I, I'm very curious to see how many of those will actually make 2016, <laughs> uh, and the ones that do, where they're going to slot out, uh, because it traditionally, you know, I hate to look ahead to holiday 2016 when we're not even technically in holiday 2015 yet, but Microsoft has traditionally kind of had a big game in September, a big game in October, and a big game in November. But when you look at this, if if most of this stuff happens, they're going to have to double up. They're going to have to have, you know, a couple of big games in maybe October or a couple in November, which I'm not complaining about. But they're, yeah, they're good. they have such a rich portfolio here that they're going to have no choice, but they're going to have a just thunderous lineup. It's going to be great. So uh, a lot to look forward to in Xbox over the next year and yep. change. So buy your pretty Halo 5 console now, <laughs> and you'll be ready for next year. Just fantastic stuff. All right, Elena, what can we spend our money on now? Rare Replay is out today, and I am so excited. Reviewed by Marty, I wish he were here. He yeah. gave it a 9, 9.0 out of 10, and this is from a man who literally loathes the Battletoads. He hates them, and he hates their very existence, and yet uh, the collection's awesome enough. He gave it a 9. There's I'm, so much in there. I'm just diving in. I've played a little RC Pro-Am. I just started Banjo-Kazooie 1. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got a lot to look at yet with this. I'm waiting to get my coffee, and once I do, it's all Conquer <laughs> as my first thing. You're going to roll, yeah. The, uh, oh, the, I missed that game. The original N64 version. I'll just, I'm going to say this one last time on the show. I, I am disappointed that uh, that the Xbox version is not in there because the art, the the redo of the art they did, the, the fur shading, which it was hilariously called, but accurately called, the original Xbox version of the game looks incredible and still holds up. Um, I get, like, I actually asked Craig Duncan, the studio head at Rare, at E3, I, I, I asked him, so, yeah, why why didn't you pick the Xbox version? And he, he said because the N64 version is harder to get, which makes sense, right? Yeah, we talked about this when it first came up. But I still, like, couldn't we have also included? I would be down for the also because I think the multiplayer stuff yes. would be really fun to be able to take advantage of. I would I would have rather had two versions of Conker's Bad Fur Day in there. I mean, we could have just lost one of the little super old games that no one's really going to care about. <laughs> I, I do think, though, that putting both versions in would require a little bit more work. Well, that and that may have been part of it, too. They might have just been, well, we can definitely only pick one of these yeah. because of the resources required to get it on an Xbox. But, yeah, rest in peace, original Xbox first-shaded version yeah. of Conquer. Well, it's also the censored version, so I think that you do gain something Fair point. by playing the original N64 version, which Fair is why point. I'm so excited. Yeah, good stuff. What else? What else can we spend money on? Uh, Summer Spotlight already. I didn't even realize. Gosh, guys, I've lost track Yeah, it of started time. last week. Lost track of time. Several good games. Uh, out today, I guess, or tomorrow, is it? Uh, now. Out now. Oh, yep. okay. So they're not doing what was before. It was like the No, Wednesday there's no launch. Wednesday deal anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Beyond Eyes. Which uh, we covered at GDC. We talked about it then. I'm actually going to review this game. It is sort of a is a uh, I wish I could remember the the designer's name I can't remember her name but it's a fascinating game about at least on paper 
where you play as a as a blind girl well, they in the game. Oh, this at the E3 conference, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and so it just looks to be a very original, very sort of rich narrative and very... Uh, Beautiful artwork. Just gorgeous artwork. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very eager to dive into this. Yeah, $15. And then Boggle is also out. Well, board, yeah, need your board game action. $10. On your Xbox. Mm-hmm. And then in the marketplace, we have uh, the games with gold for August are Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes and How to Survive Storm Warning Edition for Xbox One. One of those you should definitely make sure to play. <laughs> I'm wondering which one you mean, Ryan. Can't be the one with that you reviewed. <laughs> I didn't review either one of those. Didn't you? I thought you did How to Survive. No, I, I've, uh, I've not. Pl- I've, I'm not. Uh, it's not got my name on it. Oh. I am getting old and forgetful. Excuse me. <laughs> and then for uh, Xbox 360, we have Metro 2033 between uh, now and the 15th. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Metro Last Light. <laughs> you got two, week, two weeks to finish the first one and yeah, move on to the second one. Yeah. Love those games. Excellent. Well, we'll be right back. We'll do a little quick trivia and then get on our way on this uh, super long, extra badass edition of Podcast Unlocked. Unlock block. Can you take on the challenge? Yeah! All right, unlock block trivia time. Make this quick. You guys have lives. You want to move on with your day. Oh it's been a long show. That's a fancy page there. Sure is. Uh, Mark, I'm I'm not sure if it's Patti or Patty. P A T T I. He is from down in Adelaide, South Australia. Oh, cool. Long way. Try to get him some sort of e-prize that's easy to get to him. He sent himself in an Unlock Block trivia question. You can uh, just, you know, just more for pride at this point. I have none, guys. <laughs> I have struck out every single time on this question. At least you know questions. At least you know that uh, Mitch Destin or Marty won't be getting any points this week. So uh, Mark has won himself a prize just by having his question chosen. He's got to send me a good Xbox trivia question that we haven't done before, that's not super obvious or super hard. you got to just find that nice, happy middle ground where it's just a fun question, and you too can win some sort of Xbox prize from IGN. Uh, Send your – well, we'll cover that in a minute. Let's get to the question first, and that is this, Elena. Major Nelson, our friend, the community voice and face of Xbox – he, uh, prior to working at Microsoft, he actually played, he was an extra in a Brad Pitt movie. Oh. Had a, <laughs> I'm just going to lose every single time. So <laughs> I had no idea on this either. Just FY, if it okay. makes you feel any better, I did not know this. This is some Larry Herb trivia, ladies and gentlemen. I, I should, uh, should save this for whenever Larry eventually comes on the show. Like, hey, do you know what movie you were in? <laughs> he does. So, uh, yeah, what, what Brad Pitt movie was he an ex- was was Larry Herb an extra in? Was it Interview with the Vampire, Sleepers, Seven, or Meet Joe Black? Oh. Any clue? I wouldn't begrudge you if you said no, because I yeah. sure don't. I mean, I I can still take a guess. Yes, you got a one in four chance here. Mm. Well, he's such a nice guy. He is that. I almost kind of want it to be seven, <laughs> just so that like you know it reveals like something about his character we never knew. Major Nelson has a dark side. But I think I'm gonna choose Meet Joe Black. Okay. 
I'm afraid you will not be on the board. I know. I, it's, you I know. have to keep up appearances. I liked your logic, though. It's sleepers. He had a non-speaking role as a scorekeeper in a football scene. Hmm. So, uh, Mark, great question. You stumped us both. What did you originally guess? I probably would have uh, not guessed sleepers. I probably would have said... I probably wouldn't have said Interview with a Vampire. I doubt I would have said Seven, but I think I probably would have gone with Meet Joe Black, too. All right. Actually. Cool. At least I'm not alone. <laughs> if you'd like to win a prize simply by having your question chosen, send your Xbox-related trivia question along with four multiple-choice answers. Please note the correct one and send that to unlocked at IGN.com. Okay. It's only been... Uh, yeah, an hour and 20 or so minute show. I think it's about time we get on out of here. Elena, what can we what can you plug? Where can we uh, see what you're up to? Follow what you're got what you're up to? Well, you plug can, some stuff. We can find you can find me on Twitter. I am at morphingball. Um, as for stuff on the site, I've been just doing a ton of Windows 10 content. Yes. So I did a walkthrough of the Xbox app, also how to stream your games from Xbox One to Windows 10 PC, and also, as you noted earlier in the show, there's a, a feature on how to skip that you know, reservation system line. Is there still a line at this point? After So Microsoft sent out an email to everyone who signed up, including myself, because mm-hmm. um, I actually upgraded on a, a different desktop than I reserved it for. And they said that the wait would be anywhere from a few days to a few weeks. Wow. Okay, so your article's still super relevant. Yes, at least for a few more weeks, or a couple more weeks. Nice. Uh, how, uh, what's the easiest way to find it? Just like Google IGN um, Windows 10 upgrade or something? Or like uh, the skipping the wait one is actually called how to skip the wait for your okay. Windows 10 upgrade. Got it. Cool. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan if you like the very nice T-shirt I'm wearing. It's one of my favorites. I do say so myself, with all of us getting along, coexisting. You can see the link on my Twitter profile. If you just go to my profile page, you'll see the link there. Uh, What else? What else am I up to? I'm going to review Beyond Eyes. I don't know when it'll be done, but I'm going to dive into that starting tonight. And I'm eager to have a look at it. Uh, Scalebound is our, of course, that's our IGN first game for the month. That is an Xbox One exclusive. So hopefully everybody listening to this show will be interested in checking out what we have. Again, our first piece of content that launched today is the extended demo. It's about an eight and a half minute extended gameplay video of uh, the game in action. It's it's pre-alpha gameplay, but it gives you a really good idea of what to expect. We'll have a lot more behind the scenes stuff and a lot more as the month rolls on. Generally, we tend to roll out Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Gamescom makes it a little weird this week. We'll have a a huge sort of magazine cover story style preview up tomorrow, which is Wednesday, as you guys uh, hear this possibly today for you if you're listening on Wednesday. But yeah, just keep an eye on IGN. There'll be scale-bound stuff happening all month long. And what else can I say? Um, Oh, IGN Prime. That's a good thing, too. Hmm. 30 bucks for a year. IGN.com slash Prime is the site to go to. You'll no longer, see, if you sign up, you won't see any ads before videos, ads on the site. It just uh, it's a much, much nicer IGN browsing and viewing experience. Helps keep the lights on here. Helps us keep doing podcasts unlocked each and every week. Helps keep me employed. And you get free games. That's true. That is true. Occasional beta invites to mm-hmm. things. So that's always good. And uh, yeah, I've got, I guess I've got one other little side project thing I'm cooking up, but it's not officially done done out yet so i'll wait till next week to mention that 
Yeah, kind of. It's cooling. It's cooling oh, on the on the on rack. The, on the rack. Okay. On the rack on top of the oven right now. But I'll be eager to to share that with everybody uh, when I get a chance. So, Elena, thank you very much for hanging out and Thanks playing. Uh, yeah, playing co-pilot and keeping me from just smashing the plane into the mountain. I do appreciate it. Pull up, pull up. <laughs> For the love of God, <laughs> stop what you're doing and pull up immediately. <laughs> but yes, uh, Elena Yee, our fantastic tech editor, and again, my former OXM colleague. We are we are united once again. Yeah. Always good to see you. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. On behalf of the lazy, totally loserish Marty Sleva, Mitch... No, they're all out working. They're doing a good job. Uh, Marty, Mitch Destin, Sean Finnegan, love you guys. We'll hopefully see you back next week. Most of you get the show on iTunes. You just search Podcast Unlocked, and you can subscribe very easily to get the show fed right to you automatically. If you want to watch the show on video, the easiest way to do that is either the IGN YouTube page, at which point it's easiest to just search for... just You can just put an unlocked and then whatever the episode number is. Or go to the dedicated Podcast Unlocked section of our Xbox One app, the IGN Xbox One app. That's the other good way to watch it if you uh, need a little more of this, (laughs) which you don't. And by this, for everyone who's listening to audio, Ryan is gesticulating on his face. (laughs) Doing some face. But yeah, Uh, thanks everybody, and we will be back uh, usual day next Wednesday. We'll see you then. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.